of Battle of the Atom. This is the all-new, all-different X-Men podcast, where we rank every story from A to Z. I am Adam. And I'm Zach. And guys, I have a confession to make. A confession? What is this confession? This confession is that this is the all-new, all-different Battle of the Atom, because this is episode 94. And I'll be honest... Every episode from 93 to 67 was a repeat. We had been canceled. You remember that, Adam, correct? I do not remember being canceled. <laughs> well, we were canceled, and they just reran our episodes. I thought it was kind of weird that no one noticed. But we're the all-new, all-different Battle of the Atom now. I'm a gruff Canadian. Is that why I'm Russian now? <laughs> That's why you're Russian now, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that bit for that long, and I'm pretty sure if I have some bourbon, I will uh, stop doing a Wolverine voice. I don't know. I, I felt like I could keep that up once I got into it. Uh, how I was, you doing, Zach? Guys, we practiced that. We we spent a lot of time thinking about this very esoteric joke, uh, but welcome to all new, all different Battle of the Atom. This is episode 94 of mm-hmm. our of our good podcast, uh, yeah. where we where we talk in bad accents, I think, is the over overwhelming theme of our body of work here. Yeah, that and mispronouncing things. So, uh, yeah, this is a mute. Some might call this episode a mutant milestone, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know where you were going for me for a second, <laughs> and you pulled it. You pulled it not back even back into our dumb episode number theme. Yeah, but into the actual stories we're talking about, and that's amazing, Adam. Thank you, thank you, master of the segue. Uh, we've got a request here for one of my favorite characters. Who are we talking about today? We're talking about Lucas Bishop. You like him? Oh, yeah. These are weird stories, though. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, first off, we want to say hi, hello, and thank you to Patrick Joint. Patrick went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, and he threw money at us, and he said, I would like you to talk about my friend Bishop. He's a nice man. Well, sure. <laughs> we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how he tries to kill a baby in one of these stories. And that's, oh, yeah. And how he's a cop in the other two. <laughs> he's a detective in one, Zach. It's true. And the other one, you know, he's a time cop, but I'm going to say the XSE are more of a military unit than they are a police force. For sure. For sure. Um, So where are we starting? I believe we are starting with uh, what at least the cover is advertising as a mutant milestone. What was the request? Uh, The request was Bishop's Crossing, um, which is more colloquially known as a very large trade containing the Wils Portacio era of Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are just going to be covering Uncanny 281 through 283 because we covered 284 through the next few bits. And yes, then we that's... covered the bits after it. Yeah, that's that's Into the Void. Um, now, this is infamously the um, other 
other 1991 X-Men quote unquote relaunch where they didn't renumber anything and didn't have all the, uh, you know, A through E connecting covers. But we do get a wraparound Will Sportatio cover here. And we do get writing uh, by someone who definitely dislikes us as a unit, mostly because of me. <laughs> and that's talking, John Byrne. I'm talking, yes. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about John Byrne. Yeah, we're at that special time when uh, Claremont has left. Jim Lee and Wills are doing the plotting on this book, uh, soon to be just Wills. And John Byrne, for whatever reason, has jumped back on for a couple issues to script these things. And it's awkward. Yeah, John Byrne is not happy about <laughs> John Byrne is not happy about this work that he had done on this, uh, uh, which I think we've previously talked about when we talked about Into the Void. Yes. Um, and what marks this as uh, special is that um, this is these issues represent the first appearance of uh, Lucas Bishop and the yeah. XSE. Lucas Bishop and his good friends, Malcolm and Randall, who don't die immediately. No. I'm sure. They a couple issues. Cards. <laughs> um, uh, can I tell you what the most unfortunate thing about the first appearance of Luke Bishop, Lucas Bishop is? Is it Trevor Fitzroy? It sure as heck is. Because to get to Lucas Bishop, we unfortunately have to be introduced to one of the dumbest stupidest villains in X-Men of all time. And that is the, uh, the man who comes from Bishop's timeline, Trevor Fitzroy. So we start off these, uh, these issues with Trevor, just straight up murdering the Hellions. Well, no, no, oh, no. no. Okay. That's we start it, with him straight up murdering the Reavers. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself because we also have, uh, some Sentinels that are, uh, heading to New York via Gateway. Yeah, we know Gateway. We like Gateway. Gateway doesn't die, which is good. How come Gateway doesn't get killed by the Sentinels? Why don't the Sentinels want to kill Gateway? Because he's useful. Okay. All right. I'll go with it. They just kind of fly away and leave him. I just, I don't know. It's strange. Because um, Gateway, Gateway hasn't hurt anyone. Gateway is pacifist, probably, uh, he gateway exists gateway is he's at peace with the world and his role in it this is clearly being guided by portachio's art um i'm sure that john byrne was looking at these pages and wondering what the heck the story might be um there's probably a plot outline that went with this at some point but jim lee um, helped with the plotting on this uh him and yeah. wells came up with this first arc together or at least the yeah. first issue but I mean, unlike X-Men 1, which I think people still hold in very high regard because it's just this, you know, great introduction to the blue team. This is a heck of a place to try and jump in if you're a new reader. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, this is this is some rough chuckles because uh, the uh, the X-Men are hanging out with the Hellions and Emma Frost in a cross team uh bonding exercise i don't really understand why they're at the hellfire club eh, they've been invited there's a party they're there they're working with uh, the hellions which now include beef <laughs> and Femtron. <laughs> sure why not they're the worst uh but it doesn't matter because they all get murdered by trevor friggin fitzroy in his stupid green goatee Ugh. and his crystal outfit um 
And even Jean Grey appears to bite the dust at the end of 281. We we realize very quickly that uh, she's still in there. So that was a, a bit of a false cliffhanger. Um, and there's some stuff about the Hellfire Club and Shinobi Shaw in here. And, and the eventually... Games Master. <laughs> we get to see yeah. the Games Master. <laughs> yes, yes. And Celine. Um, but eventually Fitzroy starts bringing in the rest of the murderous villains from the future, uh, which the gold team have to defeat. And who follows them through but our good buddy Bishop and Malcolm and Randall. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, do, they do murder Kroger and Burke. Uh, <laughs> I'm so impressed that you know their names. I looked it up, but I did remember Kroger because the year is a very, very big grocery chain named Kroger, which is That's where true. I get my deli meats and my bourbon. Yeah. Um, it's really not until 283 that we start to actually get hints of who Bishop is all about. You know, this idea that he is the uh, the ultimate X-Men fanboy who's been sent back in time. He even can't quite believe that he's in the presence of these uh, these past X-Men who maybe don't look exactly like what he thought they were supposed to look like. Is um, it nuts that Bishop is just Wills Portacio's uh, self-insert fanfic OC? Oh, sure. Yeah, because because Bishop was supposed to be Filipino. <laughs> That's right. Um, and... Bishop was just supposed to be Wills Portacio with a big gun. <laughs> that's fine he's like i really love x-men guys don't you know also guns are fun to draw <laughs> uh so Will's, we, oh oh one more one more will sportacio bishop oc thing did you know that on all social media will sportacio's icon is literally just him drawn as bishop yes it's beautiful it's i love his passion for this like his storytelling's not great here his art is he's not the best of the image founders. Uh, I love his passion though. I mean, I'm going to go on record again. I think I've said this during the into the void episode. I love Will Sportatio's art. Um, I just think that at this time, you know, his whole run, it, it suffers because there's not a lot of editorial control. Um, and you know, with this style driving the ship, it, it's not necessarily the best, um, storytelling, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's again, a, a case of style over substance. So, you know, we get things like storm holding a shotgun up to Bishop, um, which seems a little strange, but, it's a um, weird choice for Aurora Monroe. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but you know, when we finally get Bishop into the story, it's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it's a heck of a lot of Fitzroy before we get to that point. And that is not fun at all. I don't think people look back on, especially 281 very fondly, um, especially because it just, you know, if you were a new mutants fan, <laughs> forget it. Like you just had your new mutants collapse into X-Force. And then they basically said, oh yeah, remember all of Emma's kids? They're dead. They didn't even kill the one you wanted to see killed. That's right. They don't even kill empath. No. He's the one you want to murder. No, he gets to go off to Roma to hang out with, uh, with magma. Um, so yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Um, I think these are fun. I think there's tons of copies of these out there because, you know, this was part of the mute Genesis um, relaunch. But, um, you know, in terms of wanting to go back to them, I think I I would 
most like to read 283 again because you mm-hmm. know we really start to get those hints of bishop's character but 281 282 yeah i could skip those two issues because they're painful well i i do have a question for you and yeah go we'll ahead. get to rankings in just a second but mm-hmm. you know this is the gold team a split off from the blue team i want to know how many picks jim lee got for what characters he wanted before will sportasio got one single pick that he was allowed to choose like was oh, it like jim lee got a pick three and then will got one i i don't think will got any i think that <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's it's very clear that you know uh, anybody that w- that jim has worked for um any company has been willing to just give him the keys to the kingdom um and a, a lot of that has to do with just how successful he is but um you know there's a certain level of admiration for his talent his work ethic everything i i would strongly doubt that wills had much of a choice as to who the quote unquote gold team turned out to be oh fun fact i definitely definitely saw jim lee at uh c2e2 and i didn't realize it was him until i had walked away oh really <laughs> Yeah, it turns out uh, I wasn't sure who the 50-some-year-old Asian guy in a ball cap sitting at the DC booth was, just like behind the scenes chatting with people. Then I walked back and said, oh, wait, no, that's Jim Lee. That's what Jim Lee looks like. That's that's Jim Lee. <laughs> I believe uh, in general these days you have to kind of win a lottery to go and uh, talk to Jim Lee because he's it was, a busy, it was, busy man. It was early in the show. I think he was legitimately just like chatting with his coworkers. Ah, you missed your opportunity, man. Ah, James, James, if you would like to come onto our show and talk about a different company, that's fine. (laughs) Not the one that you help run. Also, oddly enough, I just remember Jim Lee's favorite character is Colossus. So I don't know why he didn't pick him. I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but maybe Colossus um, is a pain to draw all those lines. I don't know. I never found Colossus to be that tricky because his costume is really simple and he just has lines all over him. Um, plus doesn't Colossus appear in X-Men one anyway? Yeah, but everyone does. The gold yeah. te- or the blue team doesn't split out until like really X-Men four. That's true. Yeah. All right. We should rank this bad boy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. It's better this than Into the Void, is it? Is it? No. Into the Void is at 161, and it's not that much worse. It's- I yeah, I don't know if this is better than that. Like, I, all right, here's what I'm going to say. 283 is better than Into the Void. 283 is, you know, you guys know I like Bishop. and I know so, you like Bishop. You know, he's not quite up to like X-Men uh, number eight, where he's, you know, getting Fighting into it with pies. Gambit. And like, that's where he really sort of solidifies as a character. Um, but even here you can tell like who he's supposed to be and that's great. Um, 281, 282 are not good. Is this better Hmm. than district X one through six, Mr. M that's a tough one. Where do we have district X? I know you just 175. Hmm. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. So better than district X. You know what? I don't think this is better than Uncanny 390, The Cure, where Colossus dies. Perfect. The very hard to draw Colossus. Yeah, I think I agree with that. That has a little more heart than this. So this is our new 175? This is our new 175, Uncanny X-Men, Bishop's Crossing. Great. Um, uh, 
we've got other areas of, of Bishop's timeline to talk about now. Yeah, we're going to talk about different Bishop areas. Uh, and the next one, the next one of Bishop's that, areas. That, that sounds uh, that sounds dirty. Oh, Adam, I would never. <laughs> we do. We I like to think of us as the PG X-Men podcast. We avoid <laughs> swears and cusses. We avoid explicit sexual references. That's right. We avoid uh, all of those areas. We're the we're the podcast that you can listen to with your children, and we'd like to stay that way, except for when we have guests on, because then they just cuss like sailors. That's all right. They're professionals. You know, they're what I mean? professional sailor cussers. Do you they're know adults. who else is a professional? Uh, it's Dwayne Swazinski. Dwayne Swazinski. Yeah, Dwayne Swazinski. I I'm so bad with those like Polish names. I'm going to say Swarzynski. What do you we, think? We've, we've done this before. We've literally done this bit when we did <laughs> Daddy Cable. Okay. We did this exact same thing. He writes a story and Larry Stroman uh, does the art on it. Uh, oh, with man. inks and by Mark Farmer and colors by Matt Milla. And I want to be very clear about the colors by Matt Milla uh, because, Matt, I think you're nice. I think you seem like a good dude. Uh, something about your colors do not work with Larry Stroman's art. That that may be fair. What is this book that we're talking about here? We're talking about X-Men, the times and life of Lucas Bishop. I thought it was life and times. That's what I thought. Uh, I thought it was life and times. It is not. Lives and times, the times and lives. Uh, it is a times and life of Lucas Bishop. And what a surprise to open this up and see Larry Stroman doing all three issues of this. Crazy. Totally forgot Larry, Larry Stroman did this one. Oh, it's and he's making some weird choices, too, in terms of the way. He, I mean, Larry is always very kind of idiosyncratic in the way he draws things. Um, but, you know, the even the way he draws the the M's across the eyes, uh, the, the very, very strange things going on here. But this is also a very peculiar retelling of Bishop's past slash the X-Men's future. Would you agree? I would think that before Bishop murders this baby, he has to think about his entire life. Yes, and that's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> would you agree, though, that what we've been hinted at Bishop's future being doesn't necessarily line up with what we're seeing in these three issues? Yeah, no, this is retconning the heck out of Bishop's future. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, because it's I, wild. You remember how Bishop's grandma's to... definitely Storm? <sighs> now, all right, this brings up a really interesting point. Okay, um, there are two present day X-Men featured in this story. One, it appears as if Bishop's grandmother is Storm. The other is that we get reintroduced to a character who I thought we met in prison, which was the future Gambit, which is the witness. But he's yeah. not even future Gambit. You know that, right? Who is he? He's a guy named LeBeau who's not Remy LeBeau. Okay. Now, that's that was obviously not the intention when he was introduced as LeBeau. He was supposed to just be Remy LeBeau. Well, and what's interesting is when in this story, in the third issue, he does make the time jump back. He claims that he recognizes the young witness who he thinks is Gambit, but he doesn't recognize his own grandmother. Yeah, look. Look, Bishop also once thought Monet was his mom. 
Uh, so, oh boy. oh boy, deep breaths, guys. Deep breaths. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this right now because, as explicit as this book is trying to be, that Storm is Gambit's uh, Storm. This person, Gam, or excuse me, Storm. This person, person Bishop has made out with uh, is his grandmother. Storm and Bishop aren't related. Bishop's not related to any of the X Men. Not everyone has to be related, guys. No, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne. Not all of not all of these characters have to be related just because they're the only dark skinned characters in X-Men. That's wild. Chris Claremont already screwed up when he made like Gateway Bishop's great granddad or whatever it is. And we can't take that back, but we can take back these ones because they aren't canon yet. That's true. Very true. Um, So we get Bishop's horrible uh, childhood um basically growing up in what, what is it a concentra- concentration camp where he, they're doing medical experiments uh all the way through to his time with the XSE and then going back in time um to where we were just talking about um in uncanny and then we get all the way up to the last page of this series is bishop holding a gun at baby hope uh he's got to think about his entire life before he kills this baby uh, yeah yeah um this is this is like this is like x-men grand design but only for bishop Mm -hmm. and with a weird retcon that everyone hates hope in bishop's future and we should have already known that bishop spent his entire life hating hope yeah it's very interesting in the way that it's described too because it doesn't really make concrete what she did yeah uh here's the thing here's the thing i've started to realize this when comics editorial says someone did something terrible, they know that someone did something. What they don't know is what they did. And they're just going <laughs> to run with that storyline for like a year and a half and pay it yeah. off somehow. Yeah. So it runs um, in the family. Hope don't worry. So, you know, I do think it's kind of fun seeing Stroman play around with some of this stuff. Like baby hope is, is pictured as like downright satanic. Um, there's these alternate versions of the X-Men through baby, not baby, but like little kid bishops eyes as he's hearing these stories. And I, I genuinely loved seeing Stroman come back and just be weird. You know, it's very odd. Uh, the way he draws these, this layouts are kind of, you know, all over the place. He does these great crowd scenes like he always did in X factor in his short run there. Um, but as a whole, this thing is kind of a weird, like you were saying, it's just like this very large retcon of, you know, what Bishop is and what we understood his story to be. I think just like in the first Bishop story we talked about, Bishop is at his best here when you get the side of Bishop that like loves the X-Men and is really interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like when he imagines his X-Men, because he's imagining stories that his grandmother, who's definitely not Storm, has been telling him. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's a kid, so he doesn't know what the X-Men look like. So he kind of he pictures them. And this is where Strowman's art is best, by the way, because he gets to do these weird abstract redesigns of all the X-Men. Yeah. And they're they're pictured as sort of like these epic gods. Um, do you know what I love most about it? Yeah, what's that? That like five-year-old bishops hears about all these heroes and he pictures them looking just like him. Yeah. He pictures yeah. a bunch of black heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so like it it so makes sense of what that was like. And it reminds you of when you were a kid and 
everything was based on your experience. It's, it's a very good touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some good stuff like that. And I, I, I love seeing Stroman on this. Um, you know, I wish that he did more work, honestly. I, I, I don't know what uh, okay, he does professionally, okay. but can, can I be, can I be a downer? Ooh, be a downer. I hate Stroman on this. I think oh, his okay. stuff looks terrible on this. I think, I think the biggest problem is the colors. I was going to say the colors do not do this artwork any favors whatsoever. Strowman um, should never be done in gradients. He should only be done in flats. I was just going to say that same thing. There's too many gradients on this. The color uh, palette on this is very odd. And uh, I'd almost rather see this entire thing in black and white. Yeah. I think that I, would work. It would be much more effective. You're not wrong there, man. Hmm. But I can I can understand why you wouldn't like Strowman's work here. I mean, it's definitely very odd and not st like it's it's nowhere near any style that we have been used to, especially in this time period in the in the uh, in X Men continuity. Absolutely not. So yeah, let's uh, we've had some thoughts. Let's just rank this dang thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean. I'm not holding this in high esteem. I think that it is a oddity and, um, you know, I don't think it lines up with how I usually think of the history of the character. So where are we going to go on the list with this? I'm not sure. Cause it's not like bad. No, no, but it's definitely not something that I anticipate revisiting. Um, yeah, it's also not good is the problem. <laughs> yeah, here, here's what I'm going to say. Um, it, down at 179, we have Extreme X-Men Expose. We do. Um, and I feel like we're in that neighborhood, like in the 170s, maybe 190s. Like, so you think this is worse, worse than Bishop's Crossing at 175? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, look. I'd probably rather reread summer special. Oh yeah. No, I would too. Man, um, I think I've said this recently. Summer special has shot up on this list. <laughs> well, that's because we keep it was at the bottom. Worse, yeah. We keep wedging in worse stories under it. Ooh, um, good for them. How about this one is better or worse than X factor judgment war. Oh, I got uh, a tough one on him here. Let's see. He gonna say worse i'm worse. gonna say it's worse i feel about it just the way i feel about spider-man team up number one and marvel team up number volume three number 19 in which i'll never think about this again and probably forget it exists all right here's what i'm gonna say then i think that this should be our new 193 if only because it is a a, a striking artistic thing like we may not like it. Like I, I, I clearly like this artwork a lot better than you do. And I think sure. it suffers because of the coloring, but it Absolutely. is, it is bold and it is different. So I think that's where it should go. What do you think? I think that's fair. Great. All right. So the time did we get this right? The, the, oh wait, it's the times in life of Lucas Bishop. You know why -Men. unlimited lists it differently? Like uh, unlimited calls it the lives and times. And then the cover says something different. Well, Darn that it. app, that app screwed us up. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's a little confusing. All right. We got one more Bishop story, right? We got one more Bishop story. And I say Bishop story uh, 
in just like the first one we talked about, he's actually only in two out of these three issues. <laughs> so what but, is this? Uh, this is this does have an issue where Bishop's on the cover and he looks like the Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> it's just good. that's great. Uh, this, this is New X Men one thirty nine to one forty one. Murder at the Mansion, mm-hmm. featuring started. Detective Bishop and his sidekick Sage. Very good, Grant Morrison idea. Yeah. Very good, underutilized Grant Morrison idea. Uh, this is Grant Grant Morrison, uh, the the mystic cosmic hell beast himself, uh, with art by Phil Jimenez, uh, who is, as some would say, good. <laughs> it's pretty um, good. Phil now, Jimenez is pretty good at art. Hey, can you? Yeah, because I think Phil's doing a good job here. Can you back something up for me? I heard I recently. Back it up. Yeah, I heard, and I don't know if this is true. Uh, someone told me via social media that Quietly was attacked by a bear and that that was one of the reasons that he did not do more of the new X-Men run. Do you know anything about this? Adam, we can't include this in our podcast if it's false. <laughs> I don't know if this is true. Someone told me that he was attacked by a bear and that that was one of the reasons that he was unable to complete more of the run. There are. I can find no evidence of that happening. However. <laughs> yes, it happened. Oh, it did. No, I have no evidence of that. I'm just assuming that Frank Carly right, we did get attacked by a bear. No, no, I don't think we can. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, it's canon that uh, Frank Jeremiah quietly did get attacked by a bear. Can we just throw it out there that if you uh, do know anything about this, and even if you were the person that made it up, uh, just reach out because I'm curious where that y'all came from. y'all please confirm this very good story. <laughs> this is wild. It can't be true, but it's wild. Well, the regardless, more... I, we do hope that Frank is okay. Well, um, it was 2003. So. Yes. And clearly he's done more work since then. So, yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Quite Frankly is very good. Uh, <laughs> now, we did say that um, the, the bishop's not in this whole thing. What's the setup of this? So, you remember Riot at Xavier's? I sure do. You remember how it ends on a cliffhanger where uh, Emma Frost and Scott Summers are getting mind freaky? That's right, because Emma. She has... walks in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, right. Gene interrupts them uh, in coitus interruptus. Mentalis coitus interruptus. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Gene is not happy and is Phoenix flaring all over the place. Look, I've had a lot of discussions recently with people who have strong feelings about Gene Gray and Emma Frost. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I don't care about any of them. I love both of these characters. So much. <laughs> Anyone who thinks I dislike Jean Grey or I dislike Emma Frost has clearly not spoken to me at length for more than like three minutes. Wild. I, Wild. Uh, Emma, 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 Emma kind of deserves getting yelled at here. Well, and here's why this is cool is that in Gemma, in Jean's freak out here, um, she digs back through Emma's 
most painful memories and throws them back in her face. So we actually get uh, quite a bit of backstory on Emma um, in this first issue. Yeah, this is where we get a lot of Emma backstory. Now, doesn't 100% line up with everything else we learned about Emma. Because you know Emma Emma was definitely in an institution for a little bit Mm, as a team. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the X-Men found her there at one point. Another story, very bad. We'll talk about it eventually. <laughs> the Silver Age X-Men did rescue Teen Emma from an asylum for a little while. She then teamed up with Magneto and fought not the Neo, not the Children of the Vault, another next generation of mutation. You can never have too many. You can uh, never have too many. Anyway, yeah, we get a lot of her history, though, but, and that's really good. And Jean is in the wrong with being this bad to another human being. But it's like, like, this is not about who's right or who's wrong. This is about telling a story. And all of these actions that both of these characters take are deeply in character and incredibly interesting to see. Can I tell you who's a little out of character here to me? I want to hear. Wolverine comforting Emma Frost, calling her darling. What? Do they have that kind of a relationship that he can come in and kind of pat her on the back and she can cry on his shoulder? I wasn't quite buying that. I think Wolverine's just not sure what to do when he's the emotionally <laughs> stable person on a team. I guess. Because <laughs> this um, is the team with Professor X and Beast, who Beast is going through a spell right now. Cyclops, who's having a mental breakdown in all the worst ways. This entire run is Cyclops. Actually, I say this entire run. There's a good decade and a half where Cyclops is just slowly going through a mental and emotional breakdown. Yeah, dude's got problems. I you love him so much. Is uh, Emma Frost has got a problem because oh, the yeah. at the mansion, who's been murdered? Emma Frost, who has cracked into uh, one of those you know, fun, clear, translucent plastic egg puzzles that the pieces are all over the floor. Um, Emma gets shot by a, by a, by a diamond bullet. Yes. A diamond bullet. And uh, who is brought in as, uh, but the aforementioned Bishop and Sage to play detective. Nobody gets to go on summer vacation. Um, And we get to learn about uh, beacon angels, weird, uh, gross children. Uh, One. Number one, it's Angel Salvador. Let's be very clear. It's a very yes. confusing name. Yes. Number two, how dare you? <laughs> Tito and his brethren and sisters are adorable chicken baby human flies. Oh, yes. And I love them so dearly. Guess when they're not so cute? When they're larvae hanging from the top of Wolverine's woodside cabin, uh, dripping juices on the floor. It's nasty. Look, it's a little, uh, little gross. It's all right. It's, it's very indicative of this era. Um, but as we go through these issues, we do finally discover who the murderer was. Um, you know, and it turns out that it involves some mind control. So yeah, you know. so Angel Salvador pulled the pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. and everyone at first thinks it's because Angel and Beak they they did fornicate. Uh, as right, teens right, right, right. do in the woods. And we saw that during uh, Riot and Xavier's. Beak, Beak did have a condom, but I'm going to have to believe Beak has had that condom since like he turned eight and he found it in the <laughs> woods and it was already kind of open. It was like already cracked. Uh, so that didn't work out well for him. And because Angel Salvador is fly-like, 
she has like a four day gestation period. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, so she has kids real quick and she has a lot of kids real quick. And Beak, who I, oh my gosh, Beak's so good. Beak is so good because he's just. Beak is freaked out, man. He cannot handle this. He's look, becoming look, a dad far too quickly. Adam, Adam, I don't know what your emotional and mental state was when you became a father. Uh, when I became a father, I was ready for it, but I definitely had a bit of anxiety about it. Of course, any parent would. Uh, I wasn't had... a teen father to 40 kids. Uh, no, and you also weren't um, a chicken man. <laughs> as far as we know. Oh, <laughs> uh, so um, turns out that uh, Esme Cuckoo, yeah, um, Esme is behind the whole thing, um, and gets away with it. Yeah, she mind controlled everyone. She mind controlled Beast to think that he went to the opera, which he's not happy about. No, he no, wanted to go to that opera. Yeah, and it is kind of fun the way they they. It's only three issues, um, and two of the issues are kind of clues being spread out. And uh, I like the way this develops. It's it's a fun little arc. Sorry, I bit into a cherry right then. Oh no! Oh no! It was the cherry at the bottom of my old fashioned. I wanted some. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a fun little arc. Uh, there's a lot of enjoyable stuff. The first issue with Jean and Emma has a lot of great dynamics going on in it. Mm -hmm. Cyclops literally jumps on a motorcycle and nopes out of here. This <laughs> yeah. entire arc. Wolverine's that, not happy about that. He says, nope, 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 nope. I'm going to the bar, going to it the does, strip bar. It does, get, it does lead to a great line from Charles Xavier where he says, oh, no, it's not the search for Cyclops again. It, it's... <laughs> I do love that. Do love that. Search for Cyclops very bad. There's some good little little one-liners in this that are pretty funny. Um, people, Emma's, people, Emma's uh, people like to say that Grant Morrison didn't pay attention to continuity before this, mostly because Grant Morrison maybe played up that legend a bit. Uh, Grant Morrison did his homework. Oh, yeah. He's bringing Bishop and Sage right out of ex uh, Extreme X-Men. So, like, clearly this is in continuity so you know what good. i mean it's so good yeah. bishop is good this is the most i've ever liked sage who is a character i deeply dislike now yeah. she's got a computer for her brain is that what she, her deal is she's got a computer for her brain she was named tessa she's she's the original 06 is that right she's the 05 she was she was uh, she was xavier's member. secret spy he recruited her at the same time <laughs> as the other x-men sure but said did. instead of being instead of being an x-men i'm gonna have you infiltrate this weird sex club for theater nerds and uh you're just gonna be my secret spy because <laughs> sure. you saved me from uh your genocide country once great i'm not jeez it's Sage. I talked to somebody about Sage at Gem City Comic Con, and I don't remember who. Uh, were they pro Sage? You know, I, I honestly can't tell you. It was a weird conversation. I'm not going to worry about it. Called um, him Tessa. Called Sage Tessa the entire time, and I was like, "Dude, I've read that Claremont stuff with the Hellfire Club and Tessa. <laughs> Tessa's a nobody character. You would not remember Tessa's name unless she was Sage later. So let's not even play that game." Uh, um, this is definitely not as good as the other new X-Men arcs that we have uh, ranked. We have Riot of Xavier's all the way up at number six. It's in our top 10. Yeah, because uh, Riot rules. 
yes, this is not on par with that. I don't think this is anywhere near uh, number 31, which is New X-Men 127, the standalone Zorn issue. Um, I think it's worse than Planet X at number 50. Definitely worse than Planet X at number 50. Um, It's one of those arcs that's setting up Planet X because of what's going on with Esme. But yes, if if you're going to just read one of the issues, you know, you probably want to do the first one where Gene and Emma argue, and then you could just assume that Emma makes it out. Okay. And you're, you're fine. You know, like there's not a great deal of plot development that you're missing. Hank and Hank starting to re put together Emma because Emma was the only one to like, like treat him as like, Oh yeah, we can talk fashion and culture and like, we can talk about the deep themes of the Met Gala, Hank. That's a timely reference as we're recording this. That is dated by the time this one's coming out. Hey, there's one every year. Um, And yet we're very far away from the next. (laughs) Uh, But it is nice to see Beast kind of have that connection. I thought she was nice. You know, it's it's a nice character moment. And I like I like Jean sucking it up and saying, I really dislike this woman profoundly right now. She probably shouldn't be a thousand pieces. Right. And puts her back together and saves her. Um, Cause she had her lips. Jean was carrying yes. around Emma's lips, which. That's, strange. It's strange on several levels, <laughs> but I do love it. It's great. Like, so that was intentional. That I do love that The beast is like, I was looking for that piece. I've been looking all over for that. Um, all right, here's a, here's a comparison point for you. 94, Jean Grey uh, solo series, Psych Wars, 8 to oh, 11. Is, I think this is better than that. Okay, all right. Um, so we know we're somewhere in the middle here. I um, think this is better than 87, The Leprechauns of Cassidy Cape. Adam, this is probably better than The Leprechauns of Cassidy Cape. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of... I think this it's, is better than Gambit and the Externals at 82. I think this is better than House of M. Okay, I'm with you. Is it better than the Uncanny X-Men Acts of Vengeance story at 77 mm. with Quanon? I don't think visually it is. You know, I, I, I think that's I, fair. Yeah. How, how about this? Is it better or worse than End of Grays? Um, worse. worse. I like End of Grays better. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna say that I think this that acts of vengeance, uncanny acts of vengeance, is better than this. So that would put it somewhere below seventy seven. Okay, but it's it's better than Generation X number four, the Christmas episode issue, which uh-huh. I got to talk to Chris Bachelor about, uh, and I got to mention that. Yeah, I said, dude, you know they used that orphan maker design, like this week in comics when it came out when i was talking to him he's like no 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 uh no jokes seriously said yeah i hadn't seen it years he's like that's awesome and nobody calls you when they do that unfortunately that would be a weird one to call him for yeah yeah so uh, better or worse than captain america acts of vengeance probably not as good as that time that magneto put red skull into a hole all right so that would make this our new 79 this is our new 79, New X-Men, Murder at the Mansion. A good showing. Not the best New X-Men story. Not the worst either. No, but a fun one. And definitely an interesting take on uh, our boy Bishop, who... Uh, Your boy Bishop. Uh, excuse me. 
I I love my bishop. Uh, and uh, this has been a good bishop episode. We had we had a lot of bishop content here, uh, and I think we've all learned from it. Uh, so yes. let's uh, let's uh, bring this thing back together. I'd like to thank Patrick. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for suggesting us to do this whole Bishop Field issue episode. Uh, we definitely only move diagonally on this entire episode. Uh, so if you want to be like Patrick, that was a chess joke, Adam. I don't know if you got that. <laughs> you know, Bishop I is a chess got piece. It. I got it. I just didn't want to interrupt you. They, they go diagonally? Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway. They murder, they murder lots of people with a future shotgun. <laughs> Jeez, if you're doing a Marvel chess, if you're doing a Marvel chess set and Bishop isn't your Bishop, what is wrong with you? Just get out of there. Don't even come to work. You, you're done. You're done, man. You, you had one job and you screwed it up. Anyway, anyway, uh, you can go on over to patreon.com slash files, just like Patrick. And we'll talk about like whatever you want. Guys, do you know how picky we are? Not very. Uh, we got other things. Talk to your friends about us. Tell your tell your comic book shop owner that uh, there's an all new, all different Battle of the Atom, and they need to get on because we're we're well on our way to our very own Dark Phoenix saga, and you know that that issue could be worth twenty five thousand dollars to you. Yes, you could win a bike. <laughs> the bike is later. The bike's like two <laughs> issues later. I'm sorry, it's still kind of fun. You gotta gotta be the able bike- to win that. No, the bike's like one issue later, isn't it? The bike is when the bike is sad Cyclops walking away. You can win that bike, man. That is... No, wait. No, the bike is like Kitty's fairy tale, maybe? Guys, which is the one with the bike? Hold on, now I gotta look it up. This is, it's not I, that important. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Hold on. You look up the bike one. Uh yeah, I'm looking up the bike. Anyway, uh yeah, Patreon. It's very good. And it supports all these good, good goose and jokes that we make uh talking about X-Men. Uh, you can also uh, go on over to XavierFiles.com. That's where I have all the latest and greatest in X-Men uh, paraphernalia. Nope, I don't sell things. Uh, <laughs> stories and news and articles about the X-Men. We're about to enter the age of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men, uh, which, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to explore. I've got I've got some thoughts about that uh, that I've been enjoying sharing with everyone on the website and otherwise on Twitter.com slash XavierFiles. We can see all of my latest thoughts about different things, like the uh, like the Age of X Man. This is not an official X Man update, but uh, Age of X Man still going strong. I still like it. Y'all should be reading it because no one is. All right, I found it. Is it is it Kitty's Fairy Tale? All right, so one thirty seven is the comic can be worth twenty five hundred dollars to you. Yep, the that makes sense. Lonely Cyclops walking off one thirty eight is uh, the Toys R Us shopping spree. Okay, and there are uh, three issues where you can get that that sweet sweet Columbia ten speed racer, the, the ten speed one. of God's blood and burial. Yes, so the first one is one fifty one, uh, then one fifty three, which is Kitty's fairy tale, and then one fifty four. So a uh, couple opportunities for you to win that bike. Oh, man, guys, if you want a murder bike that's going to tell you to kill your ex-girlfriend, uh, pick up that 10 speed. Adam, oh, where yeah. can people find you online? All right, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Uh, I got new pages of Bish and Jubes, the cross time conundrum coming out every X-Men Monday at adamrec.tumblr.com. Uh, and it's very good. Hey, Thank uh, you. hey, Adam, hey, Adam, do you know what we're talking about next week? Whew. What are we talking about next week, Zach? 
we're going to talk about what I think is my favorite issue of X-Men of all time. Wow. And it's bold. not one anyone's going to expect. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, tune in to hear what that is. Guys, it's probably not breaking the top 10. It is my favorite issue of all time. This could be exciting. Very exciting. Uh, until then, guys, this has been Bow the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience. Get it!